0: I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad if you're here for the very first time, or maybe here for uh you, you've been here and 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 just kind of like starting to make sure this is your home and making that decision. Or maybe you're watching online for the very first time. We're so glad that you're here. Come on, let's give a huge shout out, all of our first-time guests watching online here in the room. So glad that you're here. I, I want to um talk about one of my favorite scriptures. Uh in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, And uh, I want to talk about this idea of in the long run. Uh, Because especially when you're talking about jumping into a new year, uh, a lot of us maybe start thinking about new habits that we want to form or uh, new goals that we have for this year. Uh, Maybe some of us uh, come into a new year and say, "Man, I've done this for a while," and so we kind of even come into a new year with a little bit of cynicism, hoping that things will change. But but we're thinking, "Man, I, I had that hope for so many years, and nothing has ever changed." And so now I'm in in this in this cycle. But but here comes a new year, and and hopefully something will change. And I want to talk about this idea that because sometimes we can be good for a couple weeks, but we want to be good for the long run, right? Come on, we want to be good for the long one, right? We, we don't we, we don't want to just be good for a couple weeks. We, we want those things to continue. And even though we all want that, sometimes it becomes difficult for that to, to happen. And so I want to talk about that idea. And uh, s- seriously, like this is going to really help your year if you write these things down and commit them to, to letting this change your life. This is going to help. Your year, And for those of you who are thinking, maybe watching online right now, man, I could really use something to help me. Like, I want to see some lasting change. I don't want to see just a month of change. I want to see some lasting change. This is how you do it. I promise you, I'm not overselling this right here. This is how you do it. But it does take you, like, really diving in. And it takes all of us kind of really opening up to this and what this means. So this is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, uh, meaning it's building on chapter 11 and talking about all the heroes of the faith. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. A lot of us that have been in church for a bit have heard this scripture before. So uh, for those of you who maybe have been in church for a while, I'm asking you not to turn this off. And I'm asking you to to ask God to give you new eyes to see this in a new way. Uh, For those of you who maybe are new to church or new to the page of our church or watching online maybe for the first time, and this is very new to you, I'm praying that new life kind of fills you at this moment as, you're, as we're reading this together. And we do this, verse two, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the uh, hostility he endured from sinful people, and then you won't become weary and give up so there's a there's a little bit of a map here of okay how can you be in this for the long run how how can you really kind of keep going and the, at the very beginning it says therefore since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith uh, it's it's it, the writer here at this moment is saying because We have so many people connected to us. Let's start this running right. Because we have, and and I was so struck by this at the very beginning, the writer and, and and the Bible and God's word is saying to us that you are not running by yourself. You're actually running with a lot of other people. But we, we sometimes forget that we are all connected. And can I just tell you again, we are all connected. There, there, is a, there, there is something that God has put in each and every one of us that helps us be better when we are in community. But so many of us have uh, uh, digested the lie that I could have pseudo-community which means that people can know my name, I can have a lot of friends on social media, I can uh, connect with people when I want to on my terms, or I can run to people when I have a massive problem in my life, but other than that, I'm going to live my life in isolation and say that I'm in community. Can I tell you, that's not community. I want to remind all of us that sometimes we have gotten into a mode that has uh, said, oh, I've got people around me, everybody, but we're living a a life alone, and we're living in isolation. Some of you are married, but you're living in isolation. Some of you say, i got all these friends, but you're living in isolation and you have digested a lie that says, I've got a lot of people around. I'm telling you, you don't need more acquaintances. You need community. You don't need more people who know your name. You need people in your life who know your story, who know who you are. And can I tell you, the only way that you get that is two things. You can write this down, effort and time. Effort and time. Some of you think that you're gonna get community by giving no effort. Can I tell you, you won't have good friends. Wow, yeah. you, you won't. You won't have good people in your life if you don't give effort. And some of you think that because you're so wonderful and you're so beautiful and you have everything to offer that everybody's just gonna to come to your beck and call and you're gonna have the best. Can I just tell you, you're not that good. You got to show some effort. You want to have good friends, be a good friend. But some of you have been sucking on the bitter pill for so long, and you want to just tell talk about how everybody hasn't been there for you, and they do stuff for you, but it's just not good enough. And you just want to sit here on your little uh, pad of self, uh, self-absorption and just think, oh, I, woe is me and no one likes me. If you bust out of that and say, I got to have, c- come on, everybody. You got to break through this because we're all together. We're all together. It matters who you're running with. Some of you have di- digested another lie that says it's just about me running. Oh, no, therefore, since we, therefore, since we, it didn't say, therefore, since you, it is said, therefore, since we, so guess what? It doesn't matter just how good you're running. It matters how good the person beside you is running. That's good. That's good. Have you ever thought about that? Well, no, because I'm just worried about my own rate. Part of the problem. And you think that, well, I got community. I got I got people. No, you don't. No, you don't. Effort and time. You got to give some time. Time is a currency in our world that is worth its weight in gold and more. No one's making any more of it. Effort and time. And you start getting these people in your life that care about you when you're good and when you're bad and that care about you when when you didn't even know that you needed somebody to be in your life, they care about you then. And do you know why? Because you cared about them when they needed you and you cared about them when uh, it was difficult for you but you jumped into their world at that moment and said, I wanna help you and that is the beautiful thing about community and that is why God says, therefore, we, we, we. This is why we have at our church. We have connect groups, and we have uh, different places where you can serve. Why, why? Why do we have? Because it's it's imperative that we get in community, and we're around. Each- each other, and that we're talking to each other, and that we're opening up our lives to each other. It is imperative that you just don't live in this isolation bubble that said where you just go to work, and you've got your work friends, and then you've got your church friends, and then you've got your other friends, and then you've got your family over here, and there's just nothing that ever crosses some of these boundaries because you don't have community that cuts through all of that, and you can actually talk through it. Therefore, we... Community, it's, in, it's imperative. We are all connected. And then it says this, after that, it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I have, I have talked about this before. If you've been in our church for a while, you've heard me say this. there is a difference between a weight and a sin. There is a difference between a weight and a sin. Some of us read this and we think that they're the same. They're not the same. There's a difference between a weight and a sin because they, uh, the, the, the Bible says there's two different what Let's take off the, the weight and let's take off the sin because the weight, what does the weight do? The weight slows you down and the sin trips you up. Those are two different things. A weight slows you down. A sin trips you up. Uh, uh, but what's a weight? A, a weight is something that's not necessarily a sin, but it just slows you down. So what, is, uh, what, what are some of the weights that we have? Uh, worry. Comparison. Sometimes we it, these are easy ones that we don't classify as sin, but they're weights that slow you down when you keep looking at how everybody else is doing and what they have or what they don't have or, or who's in their life or who's not in their life and, and you just compare your life to theirs and if your life is good it's because you're better than that that you're comparing if your life is bad it's because it's less than the life that you're comparing it to that's a weight. That slows you down. Where you worry and constantly have anxiety about everything. That is a weight that slows you down. What does it slow you down? Running the race that God has set out for you. And we're wondering why people are dropping like flies in the kingdom of God. And we're like, it doesn't seem like they got a lot of sin in their life or it doesn't seem like, like it's something we can point out right away. It's because they're carrying all this weight that they never should have carried. It's it's, it's this comparison. It's it, it, it's this uh, this other things that we're, we're dealing with that might not be on the surface. Even the way that we talk, some of you talk so negatively all the time and you think it's okay. But, but the Bible says that the power of life and death is in, uh, uh, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Meaning life and death is in the words that you say. Are you speaking life or are you speaking death out of the words that you say? And some of you, you, this is so foreign to you because you have death coming out of your mouth all the time and you think it's good. But it's a weight that is dragging you down. And here's the problem with weight. At the beginning it's not that easily seen, but over time, it shows up. Over time. And weights drag you down; they slow you down. And then, if you carry weights long enough, guess what? You quit. You quit because it's too much. And this is why the Bible says, "Get rid of what is a weight on your life." Right. Come on, you got to ask yourself this question. What is a weight on my life right now? What, what is something that is just dragging me down? I can't answer that for you. What, what is a weight? Is it anxiety? Is it worry? Is it uh, a comparison? What is a weight that is dragging me down? Because I, can, I, can, I tell you what Jesus says. Jesus says, come to me. All you who are burdened and heavy laden have a lot of weights because my, what he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so so, so this is where we, we come to God at this moment and say, okay, here's here's my wife. Ho- hopefully this is helping some of us this morning. Uh, weights and sin. So if a weight slows you down, what does the sin do? trips you up. The Bible in Hebrews says this, it says, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. This, when you start looking at the sin, in fact, let me go back to the burdens just for a second and the weight before we get to the sin. Because the sin, see, in church, it's easy to point out sin. And I see. Oh, that's a. Sin. But it's not easy sometimes to point out. weight. and we don't see it the way that we should. And uh, and I actually saw this. I don't know how many of us, uh, you, you, if you were uh, watching last Sunday, as we had Sabbath Sunday, and everybody's watching online. There's so many of us commenting. And, and, while, and man, what an incredible uh, review of our our, our 2021, um, and and some and just great uh, stuff from some of our leaders. Um, I wanted to show this one clip because uh, Tiffany and Philip Lancaster are uh, leaders. Yeah, they deserve a lot more than a woo woo because they're uh, taking care of all of our kids and doing a fantabulous job. Um, but they, uh, they were talking, and, um, and I, I just, this struck me so much because it, it was a perfect example of what it means to throw off weight, not sin. But throw off, wait, can, can we show this clip? I want
1: everybody to see this. So it's been a little this crazy. I so think most everybody knows by now that Philip was out of town the first 10 months. Um, wow. The first month wow. was like the longest 28 days of my life because he didn't come home at all. And then the second month was like, I think about 20 days. So it was a little less. And then by March, we were like, okay, we're relieved because he's coming home at least Saturday night and leaving Sunday morning wow. by or. Sunday evening by 6 p.m., so, like, less than 24 hours, and, um, you know, we were still continuing to serve, still, you know, being a part of kids team, still getting there at 7 30 on a Sunday morning just to make sure that everything was set up because we knew the value of somebody else's yes before us and preparing the way for us, and, um, you know, we had a lot of people in a loving way say, like, hey, should you take a step back in this season? Like, philip has gone. You're in school. Your kids are in school. They have, like, horse lessons and Girl Scouts and, like, everything going on. Should you take a step back? And I'm like, no, this is my rest. Sunday is my rest. Sunday is the place that I get to put on a different hat. Like, it's just been such a shift and an eye-opener, knowing that even in the crazy, even in these busy seasons, when we shouldn't have the time, we actually have more time than we ever thought we would.
0: Awesome. Awesome. This is a wait. Worry. anxiety. Should you take a step back? Should you just sit in that and worry and... And, and, and think through, and I'm, I'm not talking about times where you, you have vacation or rest or there's not, all of that. I'm not even talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about this overarching sense that says if you keep... If you just pull back and just get more for you and more for you, it's going to be better for your life. And in fact, it's actually worse for your life and you keep putting more weight on you. And I just want everybody to see the actual supernatural thing that happens when you start putting and taking off weight and saying I'm not going to let worry dictate my life and I'm not going to let anxiety dictate my life and I'm going to open up my life to God. Then you actually have more than you ever thought possible. I I just love with this example because in the natural that doesn't seem like it could ever happen yeah. throw off those those weights and then the sin that so easily trips us up sin there is some stuff that some of us have never dealt with whether it's unchecked anger unchecked unforgiveness lust Uh, periods in your life where you just, or or things in your life where you're just selfish and you just care about you and you alone. And you don't, you're not thinking about anybody else, but you, can I tell you, that is a sin that trips you up. And here's the thing that's uh, problematic with sin that trips you up. Uh, Maybe some of you have been tripped up by sin, but you were able to kind of stay on your feet the first time. And so you thought, that's no big deal. But you get tripped over and over again, pretty soon you're going to fall. And some of you, because you were able to stay on your feet the first time, think that it's no big deal right now. And you're just kind of letting that thing live. But but I'm telling you, it will trip you up. And and, And no one likes to be tripped right okay come on no one likes to be tripped okay i remember i was uh, uh i um i was eighth grade i got to lead my uh basketball team out of that uh they had the what oh, yeah. oh, yeah. the it was like the white um uh poster where you jumped through you know and everybody's like Yo, oh, they're superman's paper and you know But it hyped up everybody, and everybody was like, you know, and they're like, oh, Calmer, you can lead us out. And I was like, oh, yeah, amazing. And so, you know, a whole basketball team's like, all right, let's go. And so we run out, and I just, you know, I'm going to bust through that like Hulk, you know, and just, oh, you know, and just hype everybody up. And so I was so pumped about it, and I jumped, and I totally tripped on the frame. And so as I came out of that, I was in a full Superman pose. (laughs) Tripped out and just skidded like a 747. Just, you know, just, ah, and everybody just like, ah, you know, I got those floor burns, you know, just like on both knees. And this, you know, this is this was like in the early 90s where shorts were still shorts, you know? And, and so I've got like, it just, you know, all over my leg and I was just hurting and all this stuff and everything. And I had a friend, I'm thankful. I had a friend, get up, it's terrible. Get up, get up, you know, just like get up off the ground. And we were running around and I was thinking about that, like those, those, those trips and I thought three things happened when I when I tripped there. I was frustrated. I was embarrassed. And I got hurt. And this is what happens when we let sin uncheck in our life. Trip us up. Get hurt. You get embarrassed. This is why people hide when they sin. And uh and then, and then there's this thing that happens where you just live with frustration. So, some of you are, are frustrated at so many other people because you haven't yet worked out some stuff in your own life. But you're, you're jabbing at everybody else and making it about everybody. This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. This is, but there's actually some internal frustration that's happened. Because there's some stuff that you haven't dealt with in your own life. And it's tripped you up. Some of you are living in full embarrassment, thinking that you have to be perfect before you come to God. Can I tell you right now, God doesn't need your perfection. He needs your openness. He doesn't need your performance. God's not looking for your song and dance. He's looking for your openness. And he and he wants us to come To him, so so we stop falling and tripping over ourselves. And then then the Bible says this. It says, and after you get rid of that, then it says, let us run. Some of you are trying to run without dealing with the stuff that you need to deal with. And you're wondering why it's so hard for you in your life right now. You're wondering why your marriage feels like it's so hard. You're wondering why connections with friends seem so hard. You're wondering why job right now feels like it's just not moving forward or it's not going or, or family dynamics are so dark right now, and you're trying to run, but you can't run because you haven't dealt with the things that you need to deal with yet. Come on, church. This is all of us. This is not some of us. Stop thinking that it's just uh, somebody else. No, no, it's all of us. We have weights. Or sin that we got to deal with and let God work his grace in our life so that we can, come on, so that we can run for the long haul. Come on, church, come on, online. We want to run for the long, I'm not talking about two weeks. I'm talking about the long haul. I want to be good for the long haul. I want my son to see me, not in two weeks, but in 20 years, still going the way that I'm supposed to be going. And the way that you do that is you follow through on these things and say, okay, God, I got some internal stuff that I got to get rid of, whether it's a weight or it's a sin, and I wanna get rid of that so I can run the way that I can run because God's asked us all to run. And maybe some of you have, haven't have even asked that question yet of yourself. How am I running? Because some of you might be running you're running, but you're not running where God wants you to run. You're running away. My son is going to be four in February, and, uh, you know, he's he's uh, definitely working through his issues, which is awesome. You know, it's, it's great. It's a huge uh a huge growth point for me as a dad and just as a, as a mom. And so we're, uh, we're trying to work through all of that stuff. You know, sometimes he'll, he'll uh, pop off or he'll, you know, he'll have something that's just, that's not the right attitude or not way. Right. And, you know, like we all. And so I, um, sometimes, you know, when he does so, I was like, Watson, hey, you know, like I'll get firm. And I've noti- noticed lately That when I use that voice, he immediately turns to run, which infuriates me. (laughs) All all of you as parents, like this is the work. Like when you're okay, now it's time to deal with this, and then your toddler takes off, and then you're thinking, I'm not going to run after this little three-year-old. You know, I'm. You know, you're not going to get the best of me (laughs) running around. You know, trying to. Yeah, you know, so you're just trying to, like, I'm not running after you, you better come up, you know, and all this. It's so frustrating when they run. And I thought about this because there's a lot of times when I say this to Watson that i am he's not even in trouble yet, but I just want to talk to him and get him on the right path. But immediately he runs. Some of you, God has been speaking to you and trying to pull you in the right direction and your immediate response is to run the other way. You just run. You're scared of commitment. You're scared of being hurt again. You're scared of change. You're scared of what what it means to really come in front of God and say, God, I I really want to be different. You just, you're running. And, And you hear like, oh, God's got a race for me to run. And you're like, man, I'm running. Yeah, you're just running the wrong way. And can I tell you to just remind all of us that God's not looking to get you in trouble. God's not mad at you. Come on, church. God's not mad at you. God's not angry at you. God's not sitting there just waiting for you to get close so he can hit you with a holy lightning bolt. He's not, this is not who God is. God wants you to come close to him. And so some of you just need to stop running. Just just stop. Just, just turn around and, and come back. And some of you might not be running away. Some of you just might be running in place. where well, you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Treadmill's awesome for a good workout. It's terrible for a spiritual workout. <laughs> so, some, some of you think that you can just keep doing the same things. And hopefully, change will happen. You know Why? Because a lot of times we think that everybody else has to change, but we don't need to. So I can just keep doing the same thing because I'm just waiting for everybody else to change. Can I tell you that nothing's going to change here? You've heard this before. I, I, I tell this to myself a lot. If you want to go somewhere you've never been, you got to do something you've never done. You want to go somewhere you've never been, you got to do something you've never done. Some of us are so scared of change, this will never happen. We will stay on our safety treadmill and we'll hope that everybody else changes so our life gets better. But we won't step off that and say, I'm gonna change my life. I'm gonna move in a different way I'm gonna open up my, I'm gonna start going to a different connect group or I'm gonna open up my life to different people or I'm gonna start serving in a, in this area this year or I'm gonna start giving and and I'm gonna start opening up my finances again to God instead of thinking that he can have everything else in my life except my money or I'm gonna open up my marriage again to God. We're gonna start praying together. We're gonna start reading our Bibles together. I'm gonna open up my relationships to God and I'm gonna start bringing in great people into my life because if I start looking at my future I've got to look around the friends that I have because that dictates the future that I want to have I'm going to start looking at my life in so many different ways and realize that real change happens when I do different things that I've never done before some of you the biggest thing you need in this new year is courage the biggest thing you need right now is courage to actually take a step that might be different than you ever have had before. And we look at this and we say, man, I really want this for the long haul. I, I really want this to happen in my life. It's 2022. I want I want this to, to be a, the best year that I could ever hope or dream for. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm I'm almost done. Hopefully this is um, helping me like it's helping me. Everybody online right now, I I want you to um, to hear this. uh, Because you, you hear these things and you're like, you know, like, okay, I got to get rid of a weight. I got to get rid of a sin. I got to, you know, maybe I got to change the way I'm running. Right? Stop running away. So, All these things can enter our minds. And we walk away thinking, okay, these are the things I got to do. I, I want to remind us again of what the Bible says and not just maybe what we're thinking. Let us... Uh, As we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run, okay, we're running, with endurance the race God has set before us. Verse two, we're good with verse one. Like I could talk through that this morning and and a lot of us are like, okay, I got, got some stuff to do for this year. But verse two says this, we do this, what's this? The stuff I just wrote, the stuff we just read. We do this by what? Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Another translation says by fixing our eyes on Jesus. Some of us are real good at trying to fix ourselves. We're real bad at fixing our eyes on Jesus. I just want to remind us all again, the only way that we ever get lasting change in our life is if we set our sight, set our eyes on Jesus, which the Bible says is the starter and the perfecter of our faith. That meant he started it and he'll work it to perfection. But you got to keep your eyes on it. How do you do that? I'll I'll give you one. There's a lot of different ways. I I just want one. Help me in 2022, God, to let this sink down deep into my heart. How do you fix your eyes? How do you keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith? Increase your stare time. People, nobody walks through a museum like this, right? Maybe some of you do because you hate museums. But if you go through an art museum, no one goes like this. And just you know, no. If you really are like into the museum, what you do is you walk, and then you just you see people just like this, looking at something it's in the moment that they stop and they're just staring that little things start coming out at them and they start seeing things differently and they start seeing beauty where they might have missed beauty before or they might have seen details that they missed before and how do you do that? Just increase your stare time and can I just tell you there is something that's going to ha- Come on, everybody. I-, I want you to get this, everybody online. There is something that's going to happen in your life if you increase your stare time when it comes to Jesus you sit there, maybe it's one verse, maybe it's just, and you're just letting that thing just open up to you. I don't care what it is, you open up your Bible or or you just pray and you just really sit down in there for a little bit and you increase your stare time. All of a sudden, details will come out of that. All of a sudden, there'll be beauty that you never saw before start coming out of that. Why? Because everything else is starting to dissipate and you're starting to see God in a different way.